Hello. Hello. And welcome to Infinite Cast, uh, a podcast about a book. Yeah. One uh, book. One book. To rule them all. Uh, this is episode or part 21. Part 21. Less, last week we did um, overstimulated by video calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week we're talking about, you said it's a, it's a J.O. and Condenza chapter. It's a little bit of a J.O. with a, a, a brief interlude at uh, ETA before. John, John Jacob in Condenza. Off in Condenza. How John Ossoff in Condenza. John Ossoff in Condenza. Jack Antonoff in Condenza. Jack Antonoff in Condenza. Oh, man. Want to get into it? I do. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. All right. Four times per annum in these chemically troubled times, <laughs> the Organization of North American Nations Tennis Association's junior division sends a young toxicologist with corn silk hair and a smooth wide button of a nose and a blue Onanta blazer to collect urine samples from any student at any accredited tennis academy ranked higher than number 64 continentally in his or her age division. Competitive junior tennis is meant to be good, clean fun. <laughs> it's October in the year of the Depend Adult Undergarment. An impressive percentage of the kids at ETA are in their division's top 64. On urine sample day, the juniors form two long lines that trail out of the locker rooms and up the stairs and then run agnate and co-ed across the ETA com-ad building lobby with its royal blue shag and hardwood paneling and great glass cases of trophies and plaques. It takes about an hour to get from the middle of the line to your sex's locker room's stall area where either the blonde young toxicologist or, on the girl's side, a nurse whose severe widow's peak tops her square face with a sort of bisected forehead <laughs> dispenses a plastic cup with a pale green lid and a strip of white medical tape with a name and a monthly ranking and 1015YDAU and NFTA neatly printed in a six-point font. Probably about a fourth of the ranking players over, say, 15 at the Enfield Tennis Academy cannot pass a standard North American GC slash MS uh, urine scan. That takes us to end note number 52. GC slash MS would be the gas chromatography slash mass, spect mass spectrometry scan uses particle bombardment. And a positive ion read by a spectrometer. It's the mid-range test of choice for corporations and athletic bodies. Way less expensive than chromosomatic breakdowns of hair samples. But as long as environmental controls on the hardware are strictly observed, more comprehensive and reliable than the older EMIT and AbuScreen slash RIA urine tests. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Um, back, back to the thing. Uh cannot pass a standard North American GC slash MS urine scan. These 17-year-old Michael Pemulus's nighttime customers now become also four times yearly his daytime customers. Mm -hmm. Clean urine is 10 adjusted dollars a cc. Get your urine here. Pemulus and Trevor Axford become quarterly urine vendors. They wear those papery oval, ball, uh, oval caps ballpark vendors wear. They spend three months collecting and stashing the urine of sub-10-year-old players. Warm, pale, innocent, childish urine that's produced <laughs> in needly little streams and the only GM scan it couldn't pass would be like an Ovaltine scan or something. 
And then every third month, Pemulus and Axford work the agnet unsupervised line that's oh, unsupervised that snakes across the blue lobby shag, selling little visine bottles of urine out of an antique vendor's tub for ballpark wieners, snagged for a song from a Fenway Park wiener man fallen on hard off-season times, a big old box of dull dimpled tin with a strap in socks colors that a strap in socks colors that goes around the back of the neck and keeps the vendor's hands free to make change they don't do a lot a very good job monitoring these children at the end unsupervised line for, yeah. for piss tests they're able to hawk them like we like ballpark wieners come on come on where's a ta urine clinically sterile urine <laughs> piping hot urine you'd be proud to take home and introduce to the folks trevor axford handles cash flow pemulus dispenses little conical tipped visine bottles of juvenile urine Bottles easily rendered discreet in underarm, sock, or panty. You're in trouble. You're in luck. Quarterly sales breakdowns indicate slightly more male customers than female customers for urine. Tomorrow morning, ETA custodial workers, Kinkle and Brandt, or Dave, fall down very hard. The well-loved old janitor laid off from Boston College for contracting narcolepsy. <laughs> or thick-ankled Irish women from the semi-tenements down the hill across Com Ave. Or else sullen and shifty-eyed residents from Ennett House, the halfway facility at the bottom of the hill's other side in the old VA hospital complex. Hard-looking and generally sullen types who come and do nine months of menial-type work for the 32 hours a week their treatment contract requires mm -hmm. will empty scores of little empty plastic visine bottles from subdorm wastebaskets into the dumpster nest behind the ETA employee parking lot, from which dumpsters Pemulus will then get Mario in Condensa and some of the naiver of the original ephibic urine donation themselves, donators themselves, to remove sterilize and rebox the bottles under the guise of a rousing game of who can find, boil, and box the most empty visine bottles in a three-hour period without any kind of authority figure knowing what you're up to. A game which Mario had found thumpingly weird when Pemulus introduced him to it three years ago, but which Mario's really come to look forward to, since he's found he has a real sort of mystical, intuitive knack for finding visine bottles in the sedimentary layers of packed dumpsters, and always seems to win hands down. And if you're poor old Mario in Condensa, you take your competitive strokes where you can find them. <laughs> T. Axford then stashes and recycles the bottles, and packaging overhead is nil. He and Pemulus keep the wiener tub stashed under a discarded Yarmouth sail in the back of the used tow truck they chipped in on with Hal and Jim Struck and another guy who's since graduated ETA and now plays for Pepperdine and paid to have reconditioned and the rusty chain and hook that hung from the tow truck's back-tilted derrick replaced with a gleamingly new chain and thick hook which get used really only twice a year, spring and late fall, for brief intervals of short-distance hauling during the all-weather lungs dismantling and erection, plus occasionally pulling a paralyzed rear-wheel rear drive student or employee vehicle either back on or all the way up the ETI hillside's long 70-degree driveway during bad snowstorms. And the whole thing de-rusted and painted in ETA's proud red and gray school colors with the complex ONAN heraldic ensign, a snarling full-front eagle with a broom and can of disinfectant in one claw and a maple leaf in the other, and wearing a sombrero and appearing to have about <laughs> half-eaten a swatch of star-studded cloth. 
That's the that's the that's emblem the Onan of Onan emblem. <laughs> Where, uh, we'll eagle wearing some, a sombrero is very funny. I would like to see the fan art of this. Let's see if I can find it while you're you. talking. Uh, this is rather ironically silk screened onto the driver's side door, and the good old pre-Tavis ETA traditional motto "Te Oxidere Possunt dot dot dot" unironically emblazoned on the passenger door, in which they all share use of though Pemulus and Axford get slight priority because the truck's registration and basic liability insurance gets paid out, gets paid for out of quarterly urine revenues. <laughs> you following all that? It's a truck. Yes. Hal's older brother, Mario, who by Dean of Students Fiat gets to bunk in a double with Hal in subdorm A on the third floor of ComAd, even though he's too physically challenged even to play low-level recreational tennis, but who's keenly interested in video and film cartridge production and pulls his weight as part of the ETA community recording assigned sections of matches and drills and processional stroke filming sessions for later playback and analysis by Stitt and his staff. Uh, he's filming the congregated line and social interactions and vending operation of the urine day lobby using his strap attached head mounted camera and thoracic police lock and foot <laughs> treadle, apparently getting footage for one of the short, strange himself in- influenced conceptual cartridges for the administration lets him occupy his time making and futzing around with down in the late founders editing and FX facilities off the main subcom ad tunnel. Okay. So he's literally filming them selling the piss. Uh, and Pemulus and Axford do not object to the filming, nor do they even do that hand-to-temple face-obscuring thing when he aims the head-mounted Bolex their way, since they know nobody head-mount- will... Head-mounted Bolex is very funny. It's like the pre-GoPro. Uh, well, yeah, but a Bolex is like a, a film reel camera. Yeah, it's like a, a analog camera. Yeah, like a like a 16-millimeter camera, so mounting one on your head would be a very funny thing. Amazing. Um since they know that nobody will end up seeing the footage except Mario himself and that at their request, he'll modulate and scramble the vendors and customers' faces into undulating systems of flesh-colored squares by means of his late father's reconfiguring matte panel in the editing room since facial scrambling will heighten whatever weird conceptual effect Mario's usually after anyway. Though also because Mario's notoriously fond of undulating flesh-colored squares (laughs) and will jump at any opportunity to edit them in over people's faces. (laughs) They do brisk business. Michael Pemulus, wiry, pointy-featured, phenomenally talented at net, but about two steps too slow to get up there effectively against high-level pace. So, in compensation, also a great offensive lob man, is a scholarship student from right nearby in Alston, Massachusetts. A grim section of tract housing and vacant lots, low-rise Greek and Irish housing projects, gravel and haphazard sewage, and indifferent municipal upkeep, a lot of depressed petrochemical light industry all along the Spur, an outlying district zoned for sprawl. An old joke in Enfield Brighton goes, Kiss me where it smells, she said, so I took her to Alston. <laughs> where he discovered, I know, where he discovered a knack playing boys club tennis in cut-off shorts and no shirt and a store-strung stick on scuzzy courts with blacktop that discolored your yellow balls. And Sounds like a young Agassiz look. Kind of. Cut off, cut off jorts and no shirt. But like actually from the streets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blacktop that discolored your yellow balls and nets made out of spare Feeney Park fencing that sent net cord <laughs> shots spronging all the way out into traffic. 
an inner-city development program tennis prodigy at 10, recruited up the hill at 11, with parents who wanted to know how much ETA'd pay up front for rights to all possible future income. (laughs) Cavalier about practice, but a bundle of strangled nerves in tournaments, the rap on Pemulus is that he's way lower ranked than he could be with a little hard work, since he's not only ETA's finest eschatonic marksman, Eschaton. That takes us to EndNote 53. Eschaton is a real participant and tennis court modified version of the N-Star ROM run nuclear conflagration game. Okay. I, I kind of gra- grasped it's that. A t- it's a tennis adaptation of a, of of a, a, like a computer war game. war game. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> he's not only ETA's finest eschatonic marksman off the lob, but Stitt says is the one youth here who n- knows truly what it is to pinch the volley. <laughs> Femulus, whose pre-ETA home life was apparently hackle-raising, also sells small-time drugs of distinguished potency at reasonable retail prices to a large pie slice of the total junior tournament circuit market. Mario Incandenza is one of those people who wouldn't see the point of trying recreational chemicals even if he knew how to go about it. He just wouldn't get it. His smile, below the Bolex camera strapped to his large but sort of withered-looking head, is constant and broad as he films the line's serpentine movement against glass shelves full of prizes. M.M. Pemulus, whose middle name is Matthew, sick because it's one T, (laughs) Matthew, has the highest Stanford Binet of any kid on academic probation ever at the academy. Mm -hmm. I assume that's some sort of uh, aptitude test. Yes. Uh, Hal and Condenza's most valiant efforts barely get Pemulus through Mrs. I's triad of required grammars, which takes us to endnote 54. Uh, Viz prescriptive grammar, grade 10, descriptive grammar, grade 11, Grammar and meaning, 12. This is a Bullock's camera, by the way. So imagine that. On, <laughs> on poor Mario, who already like has the, trouble moving around. It's like the size of, of a head. Well, that's why he needs the police lock on his waist to prop him up like a tripod. <laughs> Wild. Um, Mrs. I's triad of required grammars and Soma R.L.O. Chawaf's heady literature of discipline. Do you remember Soma R.L.O. Chawaf? No. She's in um, the filmography of James Owen Condensa. Okay. She keeps getting married. Oh, she's keeps the one getting who keeps hyphenated. getting yeah, yeah. Uh, Heady literature of discipline because Pemulus, who claims he sees every third word upside down, <laughs> <laughs> actually has j- a actually just has a born tech science weenies congenital impatience with the referential murkiness and inelegance of verbal systems. He's a STEM lord. Mm -hmm. He's early tennis promise, quick peaking, and it's turned out a bit dilettantish. (laughs) Cumulus's real enduring gift is for math and hard science, and his scholarship is the coveted James O. Incandenza geometrical optics scholarship <laughs> of which there is only one and which each term Pemulus manages to avoid losing by just one dentodermal layer of overall GPA. Oh, wow. That's clever. And which gives him sanctioned access to all the late director's lenses the and equipment. Skin, the skin of the teeth. Like the dentodermal. dentodermal. Damn you. Uh, 
It, uh, the scholarship gives him sanctioned access to all the late director's lenses and equipment, some of which turns out to be useful to unrelated enterprises. Mm. Mario's the only other person sharing the optic and editing labs off the main tunnel, and the two have the kind of transpersonal bond that he- shared interests and mutual advantage can inspire. If Mario's not helping Pemulus fabricate the products of independent optical study work MP isn't really much into doing... You should see the boy with a convex lens, Avril likes to say within Mario's hearing. He's like a fish in brine. (laughs) Then Pemulus is giving Mario, who's a film nut but no great tech mind, serious help with cinema optical praxis, the physics of focal length and reflective compounds. You should see Pemulus with an emulsion curve, yawning blasély under his bill-reverse yachting hat and scratching an armpit, juggling differentials like a boy born to wear a pocket protector and high-water corduroys and electrician's tape on his horn-rimmed temples, asking Mario if he knows what you call three Canadians copulating on a snowmobile. Mario and his brother Hal both consider Pemulus a good friend, though friendship at ETA is non-negotiable currency. Hal Incandenza, for a long time, identified himself as a lexical prodigy who, though Avril had taken pains to let all three of her children know that her non-judgmental love and pride depended in no way on achievement or performance or potential talent, had made his mother proud, uh, plus a really good tennis player. Hal Incandenza is now being encouraged to identify himself as a late-blooming prodigy and possible genius at tennis Mm. who is on the verge of making every authority figure in his world and beyond very proud indeed. Mm. He's never looked better on court or on monthly Onanta paper. He is erumpent. I don't even know what that means. He has made what Stitt termed a leap of exponents at a post-pubescent age when radical plateau-hopping near J. Wayne and show-caliber improvement is extraordinarily rare in tennis. He gets his sterile urine gratis, though he could well (laughs) afford to pay. Pemulus depends on him for verbal academic support and dislikes owing favors, even to friends. Mm. How? Yeah. Well, just the, the nice little ecosystem mm-hmm. of mutual aid. Right. <laughs> mutual piss. Hal is, at 17, as of 10, uh, uh, I guess, October of the year, the dependent all undergarment, judged ex-cathedra the fourth best tennis player under age 18 in the United States of America. Well, good for Hal. And the sixth best on the continent by those athletic organizing bodies duly charged with the task of ranking. Hal's head, closely monitored by DeLint and staff, is judged still level and focused and unswollen slash bludgeoned by the sudden eclat and rise in general expectations. When asked how he's doing with it all, Hal says, fine, and thanks you for asking. If Hal fulfills this newly emergent level of promise and makes it all the way up to the show, Mario will be the only of the Incandenza children not wildly successful as a professional athlete. No one who knows Mario could imagine that this fact would ever even occur to him. <laughs> Orin, Mario, and Hal's late father was revered as a genius in his original profession without anybody ever realizing what he really turned out to be a genius at. Even he himself, at least not while he was alive, which is perhaps bona fidely tragic, but also, as far as Mario's concerned, ultimately all right, if that's the way things unfolded. Certain people find people like Mario and Condenza irritating or even think they're outright bats, dead inside in some essential way. Michael Pemulus's basic posture with people is that Mrs. Pemulus raised no dewy-eyed fools. 
He wears painter's caps on court and sometimes a yachting cap turned around 180 degrees. And since he's not ranked high enough to get any free corporate clothing offers, plays in t-shirts with things like Alston High School Wolf Spiders (laughs) and Choosy Mothers and the Fiends in Human Shape YDAU Tour or like an ancient, can you believe it? The Supreme Court just desecrated our flag on them. <laughs> I want that shirt. I want, we should make that shirt. Can you believe it? The Supreme Court just desecrated my flag. I also like the Alston High School wolf spider. Wolf That's spiders. a good mascot. His face is the sort of spiky featured, brow dominated, Fenian face you see all over Irish, Alston, and Brighton. Its chin and nose sharp and skin, the natal col- brown color of the shell of a quality nut. Michael Pemulus is nobody's fool, and he fears the dealer's Brutus, the potential eater of cheese, the rat, the wiretap, the pubescent-looking finest sent to make him look foolish. So when somebody calls his room's phone, even on video, and wants to buy some sort of substance, they have to right off the bat utter the words, please commit a crime. And Michael Pemulus will reply, gracious me and mine, a crime, you say? And the customer has to insist right over the phone and say he'll pay Michael Pemulus money to commit a crime or like that he'll harm Michael Pemulus in some way if he refuses to commit a crime. And Michael Pemulus will, in a clear and ideable voice, make an appointment to see the caller in person to plead for my honor and personal safety so that if anybody eats cheese later or the phone's frequency is covertly accessed somehow, Pemulus will have been entrapped. (laughs) <laughs> which takes us to EndNote 55. Hal, who personally thinks the term that it'd, that'd apply here would be suborned, not entrapped, <laughs> unless the caller were himself a police officer, keeps his own counsel on this point and basically goes along to get along. <laughs> Secreting a small visine bottle of urine in an armpit in line also brings it up to plausible temperature. At the entrance to the male stall area, the ephebic-looking Onanta toxicologist rarely even looks up from his clipboard. But the square-faced nurse can be a problem over on the female side because every so often she'll want the stall door open during production. With Jim Strzok handling published source plagiarism and compressed iteration and xerography, Pemulus also offers, at reasonable cost, a small vade mecum-ish pamphlet detailing several methods for dealing with this contingency <laughs> imagining like the in the same style as the little uh airplane safety pamphlets that in the yes. back of the uh or like ikea directions yeah, the, little, the, like, guy, the guy who's like scratching his head yeah <laughs> so, you, so you have to piss in public yeah <laughs> um do how long do we have we're over 20 i think that's Let's, probably good i think for it's you. a fine place to call yeah. it if that's a chapter in uh, love those boys. Love these tennis boys. They're so uh, they're so creative. Yes, uh, we have not yet caught back up with Hal's conniption that starts the book, have we? We have not. No. When he has uh, had an episode uh-huh. a year later in the admissions office of so that is a year after yes. this year. I believe where the main action happens in the year of the depend adult undergarment, and that is the year of Glad, which would be the year after. after. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um. So, just to make sure that I've got everything clear, I mean, the bulk of this is about them selling piss. Correct. But also, uh, Pemulus and Mario are l- little film production buddies, 
as well. Indeed. They're, they seem to be the two people who are most interested in taking advantage of, of J.O.'s uh, visual studios. Yes. Uh, I think I've asked this before, but how old are we supposed to interpret uh, Mario and Condenza being? 18. 18. So, yeah. yes, he's slightly older than 18, Hal. maybe 19. He's old. He, it goes Orin, Mario, Hal. But is he, I, I, I guess the thing I'm not quite gathering is he like developmentally, like, is he going to graduate? Or is he even in the school? He, I believe at this point, is not taking classes. Mm-hmm. I think the, you know, the fact that he's got a special, uh, even ability to stay in the dorms with Hal because he doesn't play tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not actually sure if he goes to class or if he's at this point because he's, he's like filming matches, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll find out more, more about, about w- why he is the way he is. Uh, and this is the first time that we hear about Eschaton, which I gather to be something important, right? Yes. That'll come later. There's like a whole There's chapter, a whole chapter eventually, like Eschaton. a long chapter where they like play the play the game basically mm-hmm. or, or game out the game. I also found this the seal. Uh, oh, the draw uh, the drawing thereof. <laughs> <laughs> it looks very silly. Although I do believe in his description, this this person has a very plausible version of the seal. Uh, with the maple leaf in one claw and the uh, disinfectant broom in the other. But mm-hmm. the th- one detail they're missing is I believe the description said that there is a shred of American, American flag, flag in, the, in the beak, yes. which this does not have. Yes. So um, tea, <clears throat> Teespring, poor York Entertainment on a Tumblr, do better. Do better. Hol- we're holding them accountable. <laughs> we're holding them accountable, yes. Um, or any other little DDWTs. Michael Pemulus, um, working class guy. Yes. Uh, I like the description of his like Irish project street tennis. Yeah. Uh, a, lo- a local boy. A local boy done well. Uh, vertically integrated business where he uh, sells the drugs that uh, adulterates people's piss and then sells, sells them the piss. piss. Yeah. Great business model. Amazing uh, business. I mean, it's probably not bad mindset. that he's, uh, he, you know, he's uh, not doing so hot in some of his other academic pursuits because he clearly has a um, keen mind for commerce. He does, yeah. He's a he's a deals man. I, 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 he's one of my favorite characters in this book because even though he's naughty, mm-hmm. I don't think he's evil. Yes, he's maybe like a maybe he's like chaotic, chaotic. neutral. Yeah, maybe chaotic good. Yes, Hal is true neutral because true neutral. you just literally don't. Yeah, you. He, well, maybe he's neutral good. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not the best at alignment charts. I have to say. Uh, I would like to see an infinite jest alignment chart. Oh, it'd have to be like very big. It had to squish multiple characters. Uh, well, they they make ones that are bigger than the nine grid that the, are like sixteen grids or even twenty five grids to put gradients in between, like lawful, neutral. Oh my god! I'll show, I'll show you one after this. I don't have time to pick it up right now. That stresses me out. Uh, this is a, so. This is a nice little chat. I feel like every time we hit back to the uh, the the tennis guys, it's almost like a different like book, just like a real snarky like coming of age like high school book. Yeah, it's funny and like a, a different mode of being uh just life at the t- elite tennis academy could be sort of a you know like the boarding school yeah, novel yeah boarding school novel yeah but he's he's a freak he can't let it yeah. be uh anything else that we should talk about in in the world i mean obviously the big thing today this between uh part 20 and part 21 is we got a new a new dang president we have a new president he's he's going to heal the nation he's, he's going to clean the nation 
Uh, do you do you wonder why that eagle in the um, oh because thing is holding the cleaning nation. products because they're going to clean the cleanse the the nation or Things something? Things are very very dirty in the ONAN. <laughs> Someone's got a fling, but Biden's going to catapult our waste out of out here. Out of here, yes. Uh, there's already the um, the takes I think are are getting um, we're fine. We're having the like the fun period of mental whiplash where people are, are trying to readjust their minds back to like the president being quote good as opposed to the president being quote, bad. Right. And so you get like immediately stuff like the, uh, the, the in its own way, onanistic fantasy of, uh, of Pete and Chasen having Doug and Kamala over for, for to spill the for brownies, for and, brownies karaoke. and karaoke with the Bidens. We're just like people completely losing their mind uh, playing dollhouse with the the uh, uh, executive branch again. Can I just say to to, to uh, analyze and, and attack that particular tweet that suggests that Pete Chastin, Kamala Dougie, who apparently he's his he's a Dougie, which he, is a fifty five year old man who goes deeply by Dougie. disturbing. One of the best parts of the movie Bridesmaids was insinuating without even meeting or talking to the husband yeah. is that he probably sucks because his name is Dougie. We we watched that again uh, recently, and I this time I was struck by Tim Heidecker's excellent uh, <laughs> wordless depiction of. Dougie, the husband, being a total drip and loser. But like with, yeah, he just didn't like even smiling need to like say anything. Empty-headedly. You just knew, you knew that you're like, oh, this guy's not worth all of this yes. sturm um drum. <laughs> excellent, excellent performance, Tim. I, I hadn't really clocked it the last time I saw that movie. Any, anyway, the, the, all of these, these Dems, these libs are going to get together and sing karaoke because if I could poke one gigantic hole even in that tweet, besides the idea of playing uh, dolls with your favorite uh, libs, the joy and vulnerability of doing karaoke is foreign to all of these bitches. Yes. Do you think anyone, do you think Joe Biden in his entire life has sang karaoke? I, I absolutely not. Do I you think, think would be baffled Pete by Buttigieg it. has ever sang karaoke either in a private booth or in a bar? We were joking about, uh, on Chapo about like if, if Biden programmed his own uh, inauguration what we'd be playing and then the joke on Chapo was that it would be like a, a 10,000 person like North Korea style mm. like perfectly in sync uh, uh, military parade to sing camp camp town races <laughs> <laughs> which is funny but I mean what, what, he's what, not if, quite... what if Biden was just like actually I really want to bring like the marching band back for real yeah like and I want to make it like huge and good like, like we're the going biggest su- marching band ever Susa. I think like honestly if I was programming my inauguration I might do a giant marching band marching bands are cool marching bands are a lot they're great yeah. i mean hey you know who knows who <laughs> marching bands are cool it's beyonce and i think a marching band is a very does feel like a very classically uh, uh american thing yeah it's so, uh yeah got we got trouble here in river city uh yeah i mean i, I would go i, I think you want to do a mix of a mix of like cool traditional like a cool really cool ornate like a fuck get the ohio state marching band they're like that's a really good marching band yeah uh, and that w- it would celebrate me from Ohio. And then uh, instead of the poem, <laughs> I would just have, um, let's see, if I was elected representing New York, I would get like the best um, banjo player in New York City to sing uh, This Land is Your Land. Like a guy who like usually plays at the what, like the West 4th Street yeah, yeah. Uh, AC stop. Yeah, just get him to, to like banjo in This Land is Your Land, uh, then do the inauguration. And then instead of this like stupid montage of like broad- one Broadway song and one John Legend song, uh, let's do... A 40-minute Lil Wayne set and a 40-minute LCD sound system set. Fireworks. Done. Great. Get to work. 
maybe get the you know if you're representing New York as well because you've lived here for so long like get the Showtime guys in there yes <laughs> be like, a giant Showtime performance li- ladies and gentlemen the 46th president of the United States Joe Biden now it's Showtime everybody it's Showtime, showtime. Uh, actually if, if I'm doing a wholly New York based I think as much as I think I went to Lil Wayne because I think it's just a cloud, crowd pleaser, like almost everybody like likes Lil Wayne. If there, if there was, a, was one year where everyone liked Lil yeah. Wayne, yes. Uh, I think if I was doing New York, it would have to then be uh, try to get Cardi, Cardi yes. and LCD. That would be a great uh, one too. Yeah. Uh, for a, a nice party. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just as uh, when we saw Cardi, she had those uh, strippers kind of doing uncoordinated stripping behind her. Uh, we could get that and uh, the <laughs> that. Showtime guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, get the go to the Showtime guys to ha- like hang upside down and yeah. like just like Do flail around, around around cool. on like a big cool. metal jungle gym. Who would you book for your uh, inauguration? For my inauguration. Now, remember, you've just been elected president, so you can theoretically ask literally any American been, uh, to do it. I, I'm trying to think of what a pre- a president Molly Cella would be, and I mean like. <laughs> We got to get fish up there (laughs) (laughs) to represent Vermont. I mean, truly, do you think that Bernie Sanders would involve fish in some way, given that he would be a Vermont president and fish is the Vermont band? Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, Trey Anastasio. No, I would do like an insane like I mean, indie girl. Well, well, I would do a pop like I would do an indie girl mega mix and then uh, a pop girl mega mix yeah. where I would get all, all my bitches: I'd mm-hmm. get Jenny Lewis, Phoebe Bridgers, Mitski, uh, Waxahachie. Do, I would, you couldn't do Lord because she's new. Uh, she's Kiwi. I, I think it has to be all Americans. It's got to be all Americans. Okay, noted. Um, and then yeah, get like Gaga, Beyonce. I think you get to pick either Gaga or Beyonce. I think if you just told me I'm the president and I can do whatever (laughs) I want, I would get both of those girls to share the seats. They have two songs together. They could do video phone. They could do video phone and telephone. That would be great. Honestly, just that would be fine. (laughs) Anyway, no, the I the the concept of these people singing karaoke, I'm just like genuinely horrified. Oh, that's where I was going with this. What would Joe Biden actually if you force him to do karaoke? What does he have a song? Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, or like a Roy Orbison song, or something I was, like that. I was that. just listening to uh, Ezra Koenig's uh, "Throwing Fits" podcast episode, and they asked him what his karaoke song was, and he was like, "You know, I do, um, I do. You know, usually I do Sweet Caroline." They're like, they like called him out for it being basic. Yeah, he's it's like the most basic. Karaoke and he's like, song. "Yeah, but like, you know, you go to like Korea and sing that, and like people get into it." And I realized that that's like the couple times that we've done karaoke in Prospect Park this summer during the pandemic and mm-hmm. people have come up and wanted to sing. Two different people have done Sweet Caroline. I mean, it, it, it's like the, the go-to. It's though. the neutral, I mean, it's, cliched, it's the diplomatic it's, choice. It's like when you're I mean, not trying to it, offend it's anyone. It's always going to work. Everybody loves it. You're not trying to freak anyone out. You're not, you're not imposing your will on a group. You're, you're just trying to vibe. The final thing I wanted to bring up for today, and mm-hmm. this is, I'm glad we got around to music because I was thinking this as we were coming in. Uh, if I was to like compose a theme song for this podcast, what would it be like? What kind of music does this I- inspire? I mean, honestly, the first thing that uh, came to my head was just doing a cover of "That's Entertainment" by uh, the Jam. That's funny. I have to think about this because honestly, music has does not have like a strong relation. There's not this book is not very musical. This yes. book is way more fi- filmic, filmic and technical. But like the idea, which is honestly smart, because I do find that if you try to put music in books, it dates it, it faster than yeah. if you put other things. In. Yeah, I mean, weirdly, it's less. It feels less dated. It because it, it kind of it can just be like a science fiction to have him to say like he has a Bolex camera. 
strapped to his head, even though that's like a now a very outdated camera. It it, it feels more like it could just be like a, 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 a like of a different time stream than us. Right. It feels so, like steampunk, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's like an old thing, but made new. Yeah. You know what you have to do? And you might have to wait a little bit to do it in order to meet Johnny Gentle, the president of do the ONA. Johnny Gentle song. You have to do a crooning song. Because he's a he spoiler alert, it's not a spoiler. The the president or is the like, rule yeah. of the ONA and in his earlier life was a lounge singer. So you have to do something like infinite jest. In, when the jest is infinite, we start to read. <laughs> uh all right, I'll I'll think about it. If anybody wants to submit a theme song to this, maybe I can have some some rotating ones. Oh wow. Whoa. Uh wait, just a final final. Doesn't he mention a band in this? A band? Yeah, it's like the 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 something like the shambling uh he like there's a t shirt that Oh yeah. Um, um hordes The Fiends in Human Shape. The Fiends in Human Shape. Yeah. Like it's just references as a band. I kinda wanna get a sh- a t shirt that says, Can you believe it? The Supreme Court just desecrated our flag. That would be very funny. It's kinda funny. That would be very funny. Maybe we'll make a teespring that says, Can you believe it? The, t- the Supreme Can you believe it? Uh and just in that like font, like the um uh, the Lionel Hutz uh, uh, business card that says, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to land this joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a meme you see on Twitter all the time. This just reminds- Can you believe it? Question, question mark. The Supreme Court just desiccated our flag. De- desiccated? Desiccated. They made <laughs> it so dry. It took all the juice right out of that flag. I'm just now remembering that I went to the Brooklyn Book Festival in like 2013, back when I used to like go to things, like wholesome things, instead of just drinking in dive bars all the time. And I saw someone who was wearing an Incandenza Cardinals jersey. Ah. So, like, either it was custom or someone made it. Anyway, that I was just remembering Infinite Jazz merch. I was like, that is really good. Uh, Nerd. Hey. It was the Brooklyn Book Festival. Uh, he probably right, got laid that night. <laughs> he probably honestly, I'm like, well, I'm like, was I single at the time? I don't think it was my type, but like, somewhat. You were like biting your lip, like, ooh, Incandenza Cardinals. Mm. Mm. See, this is the opposite look, of look the discourse. The, look at the big brain on that. Guy. <laughs> look at the, this guy. Seems look smart. at the big brain on Brett. <laughs> Hope he's well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. All right. I think that's probably enough for today. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will be back. Oh, ooh, ooh. Uh, in introducing promo, we're going to have an episode out uh, next, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, and yes. It's going to be hot and spicy and fresh. Yeah, it'll be good. It's about a cool a cool dude. One of the coolest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then more to come soon. Oh, uh, the Infinite Jest cast. Infinite Jest pod. At gmail.com the infinite cast pod oh yes at gmail.com that's the site the, the infinite cast pod at gmail.com if you want to send us a, a note he said it this. he said it okay bye-bye bye bye